the middle of the afternoon. And once again, you have someone live and local on your radio. Coming up, join Patrick Lally as he looks reality straight in the face on the Talk of Sioux Falls. Information 1000 KSOO. A glorious good afternoon to you all. Welcome to a very special midweek happy hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show. Obviously, the big holiday coming up tomorrow. A programming note, we will not have a show tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving or Friday because I'm going to take the day off. So how about that? But we'll be back on Monday with a fresh week as we push through this fever pitch of the holiday season that we are now embarked upon. So prepare yourselves if you're one of those folks that needs to get out Friday and shop. I'm choosing the hashtag opt out uh, on Friday and I'm going to go outside and uh, do some things. Uh, now, that doesn't mean I am not going to support my local merchants at some point, because I am. That's what I do. I will be doing my shopping on a different day, however. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just like to get away from the crowds. I don't like to, to, to partake in some of that sort of over-the-top stuff. So I'm, it's hashtag opt-out day for a lot of us, and that's what I'm going to be doing. And maybe I'll see you out there. But again, no show till Monday. No show till Monday. So if you don't can't hear the show or you can't get it on the podcast or what have you that that's what's going on uh uber producer dan peters is not with us today again as he continues a much deserved vacation i'll be holding down the fort on information 1000 for the next two hours of conversation on news and politics parking ramps hotels television broadcasting maybe some hunting it's all coming up It is Thanksgiving, as we all know, and it's that time when we talk about what we're thankful for, the blessings of family, country, and all the lovely things that have have gone well for us this last year, or the things that we find to hold on to as the positives if it's been a difficult year. It's a great holiday, uh, by all measure, and if you can uh, avoid... uh, This is one of the things, if you listen to Dana Lash uh, earlier in the day here on 11... 1,000, Information 1,000 KSOO. Uh, You know, Dana's, you know, she's a Second Amendment person. She talks a lot about politics from the conservative viewpoint. uh, And some things I agree sometimes. But one of the things I can agree with her on is that you should be able to have a Thanksgiving dinner without talking about politics. Okay? Just, Just have a nice dinner. You can fire it up later over football or something. Just... Just take it easy, okay? Don't ruin it for everybody. So Dana and I agree on that. That's the message on that. Um, But, you know, I'm always reminded on this day uh, about how lucky we are uh, in the big picture, how fragile civil society can be and of the viciousness that lives deep in the human spirit. And and that was driven home again uh, in recent days um, by a couple of events, most notably uh, the... uh, guilty verdict of for the uh in the uh Ratko Mladic Mladic trial over at the Hague in the Netherlands of course if you remember that here's the lead from the AP story a unrepentant Ratko I always say that wrong Ratko Mladic the bullish Bosnian Serb general whose forces rained shells and snipers bullets on Sarajevo and carried out the worst massacre in Europe since World War II was convicted Wednesday of genocide and other crimes and sentenced to spend the rest of his life behind bars. 
Defiant to the last, Mladic was ejected from a courtroom at the United Nations Yugoslav War Crimes Tribunal after yelling at judges, quote, everything you said is pure lies, shame on you. And if you don't remember uh, much about the Yugoslav Civil War, uh, it really was one of the most um, vicious, bloody, and evil events in the late 20th century, in the early 90s. Um, And for me, it's just a reminder that things can fall apart pretty quickly. And the uh, details of the Yugoslav Civil War between the Bosnians, the Serbs, and to a lesser extent, the Croats, um, was religious and cultural Muslims versus uh, Orthodox Christians of the Serbian um, nation state. And it was it was very bad, and it was genocide of the highest order. And we are we remember Yugoslav the uh, the uh, uh, siege of Sarajevo, and we remember the Srebrenica, which was the war, uh, the bloody climax of the war as the Bosnian Serb forces overran what was supposed to be a protected safe haven by the UN. After busing away women and children, Serb forces systematically murdered some 8,000 Muslim males. It's, it's hard. It didn't come out right away. It came out in dribs and drabs. And I actually posted a story if you want to learn more um, it's, it's an AP story that is the accounts of three survivors, um, of Srebrenica and there weren't many, <laughs> it was a whole scale slaughter. Now, why do I bring up these terrible things on such a wonderful holiday? And it's because I like to remember that what we have created here in the United States is a wonderful thing. But things can fall apart pretty fast if you're not civil and if you don't live by some basic credos, whether they are religious or social. And I, you know, I, for, I don't want us to forget that human beings are capable of, of really nasty things. We are not innately always good. Let's not forget about the ethnic cleansing in Rwanda in the 90s. The Sudanese Civil War, which was largely religious, left hundreds of thousands dead over differences. Uh, a lot of uh, people in our community today are uh, refugees of Sudan and uh, Rwanda and uh, Yugoslavia. There are uh, Bosnians and Serbs and Croats living among us today. And uh, if you meet them, it's a, it can be a difficult story to hear. But it continues today. Uh, it's not just back in the 90s. Um, we declared, the United States declared the ongoing violence against, against the Rohingya Muslims in Myanmar to be ethnic cleansing, threatening penalties for military officials engaged in a brutal crackdown that has sent more than 600,000 refugees flooding over the border to Bangladesh. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson blamed Myanmar security forces and, quote, local vigilantes for what he called intolerable suffering by the Rohingya Although, military, although the military has accused Rohingya insurgents of triggering crisis, Tillerson said there is that no provocation can justify the horrendous atrocities that have ensued. And if you've been following that story, um, again, uh, just abject violence and death at times. And I, I just want, I try and remember that society, the social fabric and the rule of law 
that keeps us all together are man-made institutions. They're born of the Enlightenment, fueled by a belief in individual liberty and the rights of man. Without constant care and feeding, that fear, the suspicion, and the violence that's intrinsic in us all can easily and quickly tear down that social structure. And this is a very personal holiday for everybody, and you should be very thankful and enjoy the bounty. Um, Please, uh, don't talk about politics. But in the back of your mind, remember that we are all one nation, and we must cling to the foundational beliefs that keep us all together. It's a very difficult time in our country, very difficult. But we have a lot to be thankful for, even when things seem bad here because it's pretty good here. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Joe Sneevy. He is City Hall reporter for the Argus Leader Media. He'll be with us for the entire second hour. There's so much going on with City Hall and city politics and city policies. We'll discuss the big parking ramp controversy, which is you know partly of uh, Joe's making, but I'm, I'm kidding. I kid, Joe. I kid. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear a little Pearl Jam. We'll see how that goes. The Boon Man will be in for Weird Friends, and we'll be discussing Thanksgiving with, uh, you know, fire and guns, something like that. Uh, you know, we, Boon Man's got a lot to talk about. Uh, the big-time anchor Kelsey Passel will check in with the latest in media drama and news. And I'll have the P&L statement just after the break coming up. We're going to talk. Uh, we got the Stupid Man update for the day, of course. Can't get past that. There's plenty of new entries into the stupor, Stupid Man world. Uh, We'll talk just briefly maybe about the pipeline spill and the parking ramp vote and uh, stuff like that. It's good stuff. A lot going on today, even though it's the day before Thanksgiving. Coming up in just a moment after the break, it will be the P&L statement. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Real events. 318 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. The Bodines with Closer to Free, which means it's time for the PL statement for today. And uh, this is when I like to go through the news of the day and see what's going on. And as I've been doing for the last few days, uh, week or so really, we're leading the PL with the Stupid Man update as we monitor the continuing progression and fall of uh, men who can't keep to themselves. And let's see here. Uh, so. I saw today um, this headline, Pro-Roy Moore Group Refundraises Off Trump's Near Endorsement. So you remember the president uh, was asked uh, as he's getting into the airplane the other day uh, about Roy Moore. And he said, you know, he denies it. He denies it all. And that was he wouldn't he didn't endorse him. He didn't say. But he said, we can't have a Democrat. We can't have this liberal guy in there. Um, you know, basic politicking. But it, what it does is he didn't condemn Anything that has happened around Roy Moore, which just gave uh, the fundraisers out there, because that's how this works. This is politics, gave the fundraisers out there an opportunity. And so very quickly, a Thanksgiving uh, themed email with the subject line, giving thanks for you and our president, applauds Trump, who on Tuesday discounted these sexual assault allegations against Moore 
and said voters must not vote for his liberal rival. So that's, you know, a non-endorsement endorsement there, if there ever was one. So that's going pretty well. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, that the, the message went on. We are thankful that his last words before leaving the White House to celebrate Thanksgiving were strong words of support for Roy Moore. I don't know they were strong words of support, but this is from the group Solution Fund Pack. So uh, the president hadn't said anything um, until uh, yesterday. And, you know, it's let's remember two women have accused more 70 of sexually assaulting or molesting them decades ago when he was in his 30s and they were 14 and 16. At least five others have said he pursued romantic relationships when they were teenagers and he was a prosecutor. He has vehemently denied the allegations. So that's all. You know, he denied it. There you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, the Trump said, Roy Moore denies it. That's all I can say. 40 years is a long time. Yeah, okay. Uh, up there in Minnesota, governor welcomes resignations of two Minnesota legislators. So uh, two guys, Democratic State Senator, um, what's that guy's first name? His last name's Schoen. Uh, and then this dude, uh, Republican Representative Tony Cornish, uh, both have basically uh, said they're going to resign. Um Cornish was a, accused of widespread sexual misconduct during his eight terms in the legislature, including a lobbyist who said Cornish propositioned her for sex dozens of times and once forced her into a wall trying to kiss her. Jeez, ah, where where uh, collectively two lawmakers faced allegations from at least six women. Uh, Cornish was the subject of a lawsuit from that lobbyist, uh, showing he plans to continue fighting the accusations. Um, vacating uh, while vacating his Cottage Grove area Senate seat. That's not too far away from us here, Cottage Grove. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Dayton says that he's uh, these are very important first steps, he said, of the resignations. Um, since those allegations first came to light, Dayton launched a review to overhaul the executive branch's training and reporting procedures for sexual harassment. So two guys in the Minnesota legislature gone. You remember we had the allegations here in South Dakota and nobody's resigned. Nobody's admitted anything that they did anything wrong. So there you have it. Um, This is uh, so if you go to the New York times, uh, they are keeping a running total and, 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 and uh, kind of a breakdown of the fallout of 34 men accused of sexual misconduct. So they just keep adding to it as they keep coming in. And it's, it's good stuff because it breaks down, you know, what has happened with all these people. But there's 34 of them since Weinstein uh, news came forward. At the beginning of October, multiple women came forward to accuse Harvey Weinstein, the Hollywood producer, of sexual misconduct. Um, and so they've been keeping it from that point. And only where uh, things can be, they're not making, you know, and they're not putting everybody in there that gets uh, an accusation, but it has to be. Uh, does not include accusations against men for whom there has been no or minimal fallout. This is people who have had to resign, quit, move on, all that kind of stuff. It's good stuff, but there's 34. Uh, The pipeline, everything's fine. They tested the water up there. It's fine. I've talked about the pipeline enough. You know, they should be held accountable if bad things happen. Um, But they tested the water in a creek right around there, and no, there's no contaminants. Parking ramp vote. This happened last night at City Council, and we'll talk with Joe Sneevy, City Hall reporter for Argus Leader Media. Um, so the details of this, so Joe has a story today, but it was discussed 
uh, last night at the council where they broke down uh, all of the uh, costs for the uh, parking ramp and what the city is contributing and what for. So it's $50 million for the whole project, Village on the River, which is the hotel and uh, uh, parking ramp there on 10th Street just off Phillips Avenue. And it's a private partner, private public partnership between these developers, legacy development, and uh, the, the city. So the city's building the parking ramp, they're building the hotel. The, uh, the 50 million, 30 million is the private developer's portion. 21.3 is the city's portion of the project. 16.5 million is how much will bond for the project. 13.8 million is the city's estimated construction costs. 4.6 million estimated cost for site improvements and administration. 4.1 million is cash the city will direct to the project. 2.2 estimated cost for professional services and the contingency fund. And they've already spent 700,000. So, but the, the long and the short of this deal is that it appeared originally, and we've had Teresa Staley on here talking about this, and uh, we'll talk more about it with uh, Joe Sneavy today. Uh, Joe wrote a story that said, you know, it appears that the costs for this thing on a per stall basis are much higher than they normally are. And Joe's basing it on the information that he had and noted yesterday on Twitter, and I noted yesterday on this show that the city administration was complaining about the story because it wasn't, didn't have all the information. Well, the reason he didn't have all the information is because the city wouldn't give it to him. They wouldn't explain the numbers. And this is what you get when you don't explain the numbers. How hard would this have been? Not that hard. So the actual construction cost, $13.8 million. Um, the city has to bond $16.5. That bond is going to be repaid by parking fees from the whole system. So that $4.1 million of the cash, I think that comes from what's in the parking fund already. That's not an additional $4.1 the dis- the difference in the number really is this uh 4.6 that inflates the cost per stall because of site improvements it's you know it's going to be built on quartzite down there um and we'll find out more detail about that but what what's wrong with this isn't so much the details what's wrong with it is that the city administration doesn't think it's necessary to inform people before a city council vote mind you the first city council vote on this was yesterday, and it passed five to one. Only the only dissenting vote was Teresa Staley. Not that's not terribly surprising, right? So, the issue here is not so much the numbers, but the fact that the city didn't feel it was necessary to inform the public what the numbers really meant before a vote by their chosen representatives on the project. Now, there's another vote. There's more input and all that coming up. But that's ridiculous. If you know a reporter for your daily newspaper or your TV station or whatever media outlet is doing a story that is trying to inform the public about the cost of a project, give them the numbers. There's no secrets here. There's no secret in these numbers. It would have made much more sense to everybody. That's your duty what part of this am I missing? What is wrong down there? Give the reporter the numbers. The reporter can tell and explain it to him. Okay. 
And if you got problems with the story after that, fine, bring that up. But don't withhold the information when you know what's going to happen is a story that might not reflect the full nature of your project. So you did it on purpose. It's aggravating. That's the bottom line on the PL. We'll talk more about this later in the show. You can email me, Patrick at KSO.com. Follow us on Twitter at P Lally Show, and you can communicate with us there as well. Coming up after the break, it's the Boon Man. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Stay connected with KSO. Three forty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Tim McGraw. I like it. I love it. Spent forty-eight dollars last night at the county fair. And uh, you know you won't hear a lot of country music on this show um, for reasons that will remain nameless. But because our guest is now Kelsey Passolt, the big-time anchor over at. KDLT TV in Sioux Falls, 5, 6, and 10. She's a big fan of Tim McGraw, so I play a little bit. Patrick, you do this just for me? I did. In fact, I actually did a little research this time. Instead of just pulling up any old Tim McGraw song, I actually went and talked to somebody at uh, our sister station, KIKN, kicking over there, and uh, <gasps> they helped me out. They took care of me on that one. That is a great resource to go to, yeah. and you played one of my favorites for sure. Oh, right on. Well, that maybe that is now your new theme song. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I actually love know it. that song, and I don't know hardly any of the contemporary country stuff. <laughs> oh, I've got it. New station slogan, KDLT News. You want more of it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a pretty good one. You should run that by the poobahs over there. <laughs> so what Hanson thinks. I'm going to ask him, I should have asked him today, you know, everyone's in a great mood before they leave for the holidays. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I can, yeah, this is something I should do. So Kelsey, big holiday coming up. Uh, do they, uh, do you get some time off or you just strapped to the desk over there and there's nothing you can do? Strapped to the desk. Oh, oh, yep. that's not good. Well, you know, I've been told by Tom Hansen that he needs to take all the holidays off mm-hmm. to maintain you know, mm-hmm. his level of, of good mental health, good health. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He, Are you, will you will the staff uh, be over there bussing the tables later, too? Or, uh, no? Maybe cleaning up for the, the, the Hanson family? Yeah. <laughs> no Any kidding, of that kind right? of thing? Yeah, he told me that, yeah, he said stop by their dinner mm-hmm. uh, and to bring some supplies. About it. <laughs> stop by about eight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, just kidding. Uh, but I am working Thanksgiving. Oh, well, that's okay. That's fine. That's yeah. the news biz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you so you're here for the holiday. Do you uh, do you get any time off? You get to do anything fun for the Thanksgiving weekend? You know, working is pretty much going to be my source of entertainment these next couple days, and then this weekend. I mean, re- I want to get going with the Christmas shopping oh. this year. I want to get it done mm-hmm. uh, a little bit earlier. I usually put everything off to the last second. Mm-hmm. So I just want to hit the ground running. I have a free weekend ahead of me nice. and I've got some ideas and I just want to make it happen. 
So how many, you, you got a long list or how's it just a couple of people? What's what you got to take care of there? Yeah, there's a couple of people. I've got, you know, a couple of friends and then family members, perhaps coworkers Ooh. as well. And I've got a goal this year. All the gifts will be South Dakota made. I found some really great gift guides out there. That's a good idea. Items that are all made here in the state. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to pick like which would fit this person or this person. So yes. there's just, it's so easy to buy gifts even from far away mm-hmm. these days. So I'm just going to try and take advantage of all that. But I am looking for more ideas. South Dakota made gifts, anything that like people must have, have to have, anything that my Wisconsin parents might like. <laughs> from, so from no South cheese. Dakota. We don't really do right. cheese. Well, I mean, you could, you got the Dimmick cheese, but you're probably looking that for something. That was honestly one of the ones that I saw, and I think it'll be a great gift for one person for sure on my list. Okay, good. For sure. That would be kind of funny to give somebody from Wisconsin South Dakota cheese. <laughs> uh, I, I could see that now. Like what other what other uh, items are you seeing out there that that you like that you think is are cool? So I'm I'm seeing like there's a Sioux Falls flower shop that now offers homemade fudge too. Mm. Uh, so I'm like that sounds awesome. You know wine with you know Prairie Berry and there are other lo- local wineries that always is a cool gift. I'm trying to think of something for Marco. He's gluten free. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's that tough. Is, we we just, like gluten. Um, <laughs> well, that sounds like fun, Kelsey. Uh, what's going on? What's going on in the big news tonight? The five, six, and ten over there at KDLT in the last couple of yes. weeks we have here. Uh, not as fun of a topic as holiday shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about we're just about to enter the season of giving, but for thieves, it's the season of taking. Uh-huh. Construction companies, big and small across the Sioux Empire, are being targeted at building sites. Uh, Sioux Falls Police has seen a recent uptick in this. One couple spoke with us today about recently losing $10,000 in tools from their construction site in eastern Sioux Falls. Also, we have uh, saved or shaved O'Gorman High School students and staff. They nearly tripled their goal in a fundraiser for a chemistry teacher in her second bout with cancer in less than a year. So uh, we had Ten guys had O'Gorman. Most of yeah. them students had their heads shaved today because they met and obviously far exceeded their yeah. goal. So I saw a lot of that them. on, on uh, Facebook because uh, I, I, I'm an O'Gorman grad, so a lot of my friends are O'Gorman grads, and a lot mm-hmm. of their kids. And so a lot of pictures of people, of their kids with bald heads. So I know it's going pretty <laughs> well over there. Uh, bald heads, perhaps even some blue hair will explain, will show you a lot right. of that. That's fantastic. Kelsey Passel, the big time anchor over at KDLT News 5, 6, and 10. Kelsey, good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Happy Thanksgiving. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Pop in the earbuds with our. 357 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. REM, what's a frequency, Kenneth? Great song by REM. Uh, a little later in the time I normally listen to them uh, in terms of their history, but uh, based on a, I think it was a Dan Rather comment 
on air one day that sneaked out somehow. What's the frequency, Kenneth? I can't remember where that where that came from, but it's based on a Dan Rather quote of all things. I love REM. Hey, everybody, don't forget, coming up December 14, 15, 16, and 17, that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Christmas at the Cathedral at the Cathedral of St. Joseph, all four nights, 7.30 p.m. plus a 1 p.m. performance on Saturday and 2 p.m. on Sunday. Proceeds benefit the Bishop Dudley House and the Cathedral of St. Joseph, ongoing care and maintenance. It's a good event. You should go. Coming up in the second hour, Big Joe Sneavy from Argus Leader Media will be here, and we'll talk about all kinds of stuff going on in City Hall. That's on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Days, 6,226 miles, 14 states, 244.9 gallons of gas, 406 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And as we like to do when Joe Sneavy from Artist Leader Media is here, we play a little Pearl Jam. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. I think we got your uh, microphone working there now. I hope so. The uh, there you are. You may have just been getting overwhelmed by uh, the the lovely tones of Mr. Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Yeah, I've actually had a lot of Pearl Jam on my mind this week. They've got a new. Uh, dvd out from those wrigley field shows last summer oh yeah and they weren't you there you yeah were there. I, went, I went to both of them um the dvd is called let's play two and they they kind of it's it's a mixture of uh documentary about pearl jams kind of ra- rise in the industry um and how it all kind of culminated with these shows at wrigley field last summer and that coincided with the cubs historic run so half the dvd is about the cubs and kind of the the intersection between the band, the city, and the Cubs, because there's a lot of connections, I guess. Even in the Cubs locker room, they have a Pearl Jam wall with Pearl Jam posters and really? gu- guitars and stuff like that. It's permanent, a permanent display there. And Why then, is that? Well, uh, Eddie Vedder's from Chicago originally. Um, I didn't know that. Theo Epstein, the general manager of the Cubs, uh, is a huge Pearl Jam fan. He's featured in the DVD quite a bit. There's just a lot of connections eddie vetter sings take me out to the ball game at wrigley field a few times this summer it seems like so i could go on and on about the chicago connections with pearl jam so. you're also a cubs fan aren't you yeah and i didn't i was a cubs fan before i became a pearl jam fan and then you know five ten years into my fanhood i realized that there's this connection and it's kind of like wow the my world's collided a little bit that is weird so, so uh you, as we've, we've talked many times about you being a Pearl Jam, but you got kind of, you know, I, I played up the fact that you had, had seen them, what, 30-whatever times, and then you got basically smacked down on Twitter by... Uh, by John, the yeah. Metro Cab, because he's seen them more than I have. Which but is impressive. But he's got a few years on me uh, as far as age-wise, so yeah. I think I'll catch up. Yeah, you'll just wear him down over time. <laughs> yeah. That's a good plan. Uh, we don't have Joe on to talk about... Uh, the music scene much but i like talking about music and we'll, we'll hit it back and forth here uh we 
have him on to talk more about City Hall. And yes. all of a sudden, man, it's just erupted again. It, it, it was up there with the siding deal, and then it kind of died down a little bit. Now it's back with this uh, parking ramp and the hotel and all of that. And you wrote a story that I was talking about earlier in the show that basically laid out, and something that Scott Erisman's brought up on this program, uh, blogger Scott Erisman, which is that if you look at the cost of the parking ramp on a per-stall basis, it appears to be much higher than normal. Yeah, you know, if you just take the f- total project costs uh, and you divide that out by the number of spaces you get, uh, the city is paying, you know, about $40,000 per parking space. Um, the national average for parking ramp construction on a per space basis is more uh, in the ballpark of $20,000. But, and that's according to this parking cons- national parking consultant that studies these things, Um uh, Carl Walker is the name, and the city's actually contracted with these people before to help determine where they need to go with their parking needs in the future. Mm-hmm. So there's a connection. It's not like I just plucked this out of thin air. Right. Um, but in that study, they they take out soft costs like planning, legal counsel, you know, anything that's not actually like uh, actual construction costs. You know, they take that out, and that's how they get that twenty thousand dollar figure. Uh, so the city, you know, they I I told them. Friday mm-hmm. that I'm working on this story and there's this report mm-hmm. that says this is how much it should cost and you know they knew where I was going with this story and they declined to comment on the story and said we're gonna we won't be talking about this anymore until Tuesday night when we get back in front of the city council so I wrote what I knew um, comparing the raw numbers from the city's project to this report uh, mm-hmm. it looked like our we were gonna spend double what the national average is um, According to the city, you know, you can't, if you use the exact same methodology that the Walker report did, um, it comes out to about $26,000 a space. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I was hoping to learn from the city on Friday, Mm -hmm. and I had to wait to get that until Tuesday night. And largely the difference there is that the total cost for the parking ramp comes down because for whatever million of that is to do site prep. That's not included in the construction costs of the ramp. Right. right. I mean, they would have to, if you were going to do anything there, um, build anything, whether mm-hmm. it was a ramp or anything, they would have to do these site costs. There's a whole bunch of utility lines that are 100 years old running under there. Uh, it's it's uh, quartzite rock, uh, like fragmented rock. So they're going to have to do a lot of prep work to get the foundation to be secure. I mean, it's a 13-story building, mm-hmm. so they have to do a lot of groundwork. Why that isn't considered a part of the construction costs, I don't I don't know. I'm not an industry insider. But it would have been nice. All you needed was, and I read the breakdown of costs earlier in the show, if you would have had that, right. you would have had better insight into how they were calculating. Exactly. But then the story comes out and they, they call you names, right? Yeah, well, the uh, I th- Teresa Staley, Counselor Teresa Staley, she kind of has a reputation as a bomb thrower. Mm-hmm. She f- took my story and posted it all over Facebook and social media. Uh, as a, a reason why we shouldn't support this project. Right. She's again, She wants to defer it, delay it at yeah. least, to she, figure out some things. She wants more time. Right. Um, but I, I don't think she's real hip on the project to begin with. But um, So as a kind of putting the fire out that she was, you know, my story coupled with her energy around sharing the story created a, a headache for City Hall and city councilors who were pr- planning on voting for this. They felt like, 
if we vote on this and the public thinks it's twice the national average, there's going to be fallout from the voters and whatnot. So some of the counselors were trying to put that fire out on Facebook, and I was getting caught. Greg Neitzer. Greg Neitzer, primarily. And I was getting caught in the middle of that. Um, So, you know, I feel like uh, the city missed an opportunity to, to, uh, you know, first off, steer the narrative of that story a little bit and uh, just PR. You know, they have a a PR office, basically. And I don't know why they they take the approach they do because it causes them more headaches than it needs to. Yeah. We're going to come back and talk more about the parking ramp because it's a, it is a great issue and it's a it's a big project for the city. Uh, we're going to come back more talk more with Joe Sneevy from Argus Leader Media right after this short break. This is the Patrick Lally show on Information 1000 KSOO. Don't be frustrated when someone else takes control of the radio. Four nineteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And a little more Pearl Jam. I pick. I try and pick uh, different songs for you every time. You know what I mean? I'm sort of. I'm getting to the end of my Pearl Jam library. Well, there's a there's a catalog. is huge. It is. So if you need any pointers for my next appearance, I can send you. You should probably send me a playlist. A suggestion. You, you should, anytime you're going to be on the show, you should just send a playlist of, and it doesn't have to be Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff, just keep that in mind. Do you, when uh, Matt Staub comes in here, do you give him uh, Jason Isbell? Yeah, in fact, he just texted me. He said, uh, he said Joe Sneevy's a, a Jason Isbell fan, which I knew. But yeah. yeah, we did all Jason Isbell when Matt Staub's here. See, I'm... Uh, I'm working on getting as many Isbel shows as Pearl Jam shows. I mean, I saw him the first time ever in 2015, and now I've got six under my belt. Six Jason Isbel shows. And That's I'm, impressive. I'm going uh, to Cedar Rapids in January to see him down there. So until That'll he plays, fun. I'll keep going until he plays a bad one. He's coming back. I had an interview on the show the other day with Andy Howes, who's the promoter on that yep. Fuel, and he said he's, they loved it. They love it here. They're coming back. Yeah, so. I mean, I think Andy's been involved with all three of his stops mm-hmm. here. And so. the Drive-By Truckers, which yep. is his old band. Who's going to be here in January? Yeah. The day after the Rich Show release party, ah. both at the Orpheum. So They played dis- the district within the last year, mm-hmm. Drive-By Truckers did. Um, it was a good show. The acoustics in that place aren't as good as you'd think for right. a, a music hall. Right. But uh, this next one's at the Orpheum. And you Which can't, is awesome. You can't get a better venue than that for the sound. Anyway. And it's small. It's yeah. a great, it's a really good venue. It's and fantastic. I'm looking forward to both those shows. Are you a Drive-By Truckers fan then? Yeah, much? well, I got into them after I discovered Jason Isbell. Yeah. So I was kind of back, backed right. into them. They're, right. they're good. Yeah. So. so we're looking forward to that show. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Andy. <laughs> the Orpheum is a city-owned building it's that, that's yep. under review right now about what to do with it in the future. As, as a, aside from the arena, it could be torn down. Uh, there, there's no talk about you know tearing down the no. Orpheum or anything no, like no, that. No, no, but, no, no. but it's run by SMG now, which runs the, uh, the Premier Center and everything. Yeah. And I don't know. It seems like they are, there's more stuff going on at the Orpheum. I mean, you've got a book around uh, community theater and some yeah. other stuff, but... The the calendar doesn't have as many black days or dark days as the arena does, so it's busier than the arena is, um, yeah. and it provides a certain need in the community. Absolutely, that, for community theater. I mean, that was the purpose of it when the city bought it. 
and that purpose hasn't changed, and the city still is dedicated to that mission as far as I know. So. And we get to see some great shows along the way. Yep. So that's cool. Um, we're going to talk about the arena in just a minute, but I want to finish up on this uh, parking lot thing. Parking ramp and hotel deal. Mm-hmm. This is a different deal than the city has ever entered into before, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think they've never built anything with a public-private partnership that I'm aware of. Certainly they have a hotel going up at Elmwood Golf Course, which is publicly owned land, but they're not involved in any of the building of the structure out right. there. Um, that company is just leasing the land and building the whole hotel. It'll be a Holiday Inn. It's If you've driven by that area of town, it's almost done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a whole new animal, which is why the city said it took so long to, from making the selection of legacy developments back in February to, um, you know, they, when they made the pick, they expected to have contracts and stuff by June or July. And yeah. then those deadlines kept passing. They kept needing to extend it out a month and then another month and another month. And eventually, you know, it took nine months. You know, they had to negotiate for another $4 million, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> you know, apparently. That's, but that's, that's a they, joke. They, uh, and they say it's because they've never waded through something so complicated. Uh, and the fact that they're using enterprise funds for this. Um, Which is the parking money. The parking money. Enterprise funds are money that comes from fees for sewers and all that kind of stuff. Right. So in the parking system, it's meters when you plug a meter that money goes into the fund when you pay a parking ticket that goes into a fund and when people lease parking spaces in the public ramps that goes into this fund Uh, i don't know if it's in state law or charter or where it is but uh, it's specifically says somewhere that you can't use these monies for anything but the system that's generating the money right so the city can't take parking money and go do economic development with it so right that's the way it should be right right but a big part of this parking ramp project, the mixed-use part of it, is about economic development. So figuring out how to craft the language and di- direct money in such a way that they're not crossing any lines they shouldn't, that's what took so long, I think, uh, as far as working out the deal. That's why they had to spend so much money on legal fees and consultants just to get to where we are now. Well, and it's a big pr- – I mean, let's not – it's $50 million project. This is not, you know, just – you know, tightening up some streets, you know what I'm right. saying? So yeah. taking a lot of time probably is okay. Um, that Again, the issue with the city all the time is just tell us what the deal is mm-hmm. and let's discuss the deal. But they drop it on the council. They got to vote on it. First reading last night. Yeah, a week after the project was unveiled to begin with. And uh, when they unveiled the project last Tuesday... It was very high-level numbers, um, not mm-hmm. the details like we got last night. Um, so that's why I had more questions. I'm pretty satisfied at this point with what we learned last night mm-hmm. as far as um, understanding the numbers. Uh, you know, the city's portion of this project is $21.3 million. They've already spent seven hundred grand on planning. Mm-hmm. So you minus that seven hundred grand, and you're at $20.6 million. They're going to borrow sixteen and a half million. That's what the bonding is for, and then the the remainder, the four point one, mm-hmm. will come from cash on hand in the enterprise fund. In the enterprise, not fund. from just out of state co- or city coffers. Right. That yeah. it's specifically parking money. Uh, <clears throat> so they uh, they said they've been working on this for a long time. So now they're ready to go, and they want the council to 
you know, push it through as soon as possible because they want to be able to have a groundbreaking ceremony uh, next <clears throat> next spring before Huther leaves office. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we are going to continue this conversation right after the break, the news, and uh, we'll come back with Joe Sneavy from Argus Leader Media, and we'll talk more about. I, I got some more parking questions, but then we got. I want to talk about the arena and all this different stuff. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. While you're getting ready in the morning, eating breakfast or in the car, KSOO will keep you entertained. 433 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Threw you a little curveball there, Sneedy. It doesn't sound like Pearl Jam. It is not Pearl Jam. It is, in fact, in excess, the one thing. In excess. That's yeah. going way back. It is. This is more my era. Yeah. Not, nothing to scoff at. No, it's Reputable good stuff. band. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. I just thought I'd, you know, I, was, I told you I was running out of Pearl Jam songs. Are they still around? Uh, no, uh, Michael uh, Hutchins, Hutchinson, Hutchins, he died. Oh. So they, the other two guys were in uh, Power Station. Is that right? I don't know. With don't uh, know. Robert Palmer. Oh, Remember really? that? Yeah, I yeah. know who he is. Exactly. So they they went on. They're two brothers, the Taylor brothers, and they were in uh, that band for a while. I I don't know. They're all old now, so who knows what they're doing? Yeah. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Good. So stuff you're telling there. me he died. So that that got him too, huh? That whole death thing. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> snuck up on him though. I don't know what happened. They were big when I was in college. I had a uh, in excess Shabu Shaba. That's the album with uh, the the uh, uh, lyrics to Don't Change on the back, which is the song I should have played. Don't change, baby. Don't change. Don't you go changing. So, <laughs> little known facts there. Getting back to city politics with Joe Sneavy from Argus Leader Media. Um, the the reason they're building this parking ramp, by the way, is because they say we don't have enough leased parking downtown. Is that true? According to their numbers, it is. I mean, you drive through a parking ramp in the middle of the day, though, and you get up past the first or second floor, they're empty. But that doesn't mean there's not a lease for them. It just means the lease owner doesn't have their car there at the time they they actually over lease the parking ramps they say they're at like a hundred and some percent and that's not counting the spaces that are not leased right right these are the places that you can rent and the justification is that you need more because it's starting to limit the business growth downtown and the residential growth right businesses need a place uh, landlords need a place to tell their employees and tenants you can park here. Yeah. You know, so guaranteed. Like if there's no place to keep your car and we're in South Dakota, everybody's got a car. Um, (laughs) most people, um, you know, you're not going to build an apartment downtown. If, if there's no place for your tenants to park, you're not going to open a business downtown office, you know, like a hundred employees, where are they going to park? And that's, that's really the issue Mm -hmm. that's driving this. There's, uh, last night it was said that, of all the parking spaces that are available downtown, about 40% are publicly owned. So the private industry, the private sector provides a lot of its own parking. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, who has, well, Washington Square will have a private ramp mm-hmm. that will be open to the public on nights and weekends, but it's not a... It's for the residents of the building yeah. and the businesses that are right. in there. It's not a public ramp. It's It will be open to the public at times. Yeah. But yeah, so, so the private sector is doing its part, but the city says it needs to keep up. Uh, it's also easier for the city to provide parking because it doesn't have to get a rate of return that the private sector would. Right. Uh, so it's 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 
government's just providing something that might not be feasible uh, from the private sector. Um, Teresa Staley was on this show the, uh, Monday, and I mean she's skeptical of the notion that we need more parking. Well, last night she said she seemed to concede that we did. Um, she said we have a need for parking downtown, and to get it, it this new ramp will net. 390 spaces because where they're going to build it is already sits a, a surface parking lot that the city owns mm-hmm. where 135 spaces are so you minus 135 from the 525 they want to build and that's so the city's gaining 390 new parking spaces and she says that's just not enough for the price tag associated with it at least the, that's the rationale she gave last night the other point that uh i think she made i can't remember who made it is just what you said, Washington Square is putting in their own parking. Why can't the hotel put in its own parking? And Darren Ketchum, Community Development Director, countered that last night by saying Washington Square was the beneficiary of multiple millions of dollars worth of tax increment financing. Mm-hmm. So um, There's no TIF on this deal? There's no TIF on this deal. Well, that is interesting. So they they made a, a point to say we, we worked really hard to make sure there was no traditional tax dollars going to this project. Uh, you can argue the semantics of whether parking fees are taxes mm-hmm. or not. Right. Um, fees are fees and taxes the same thing. Right. It's a you legitimate know. argument. But as far as the city sees it, it's not coming from the general fund, um, sales tax money, property tax money, any traditional taxes. None of those will go towards this ramp. The other thing is, it is a good addition, and I've said that. I, I think it's a good project. You don't have to say that because you're, you're an actual journalist. I'm not. Well, it looks the, cool. It looks cool on the drawings, <laughs> but we need upscale hotel downtown. Now, Hotel Phillips or the Phillips Hotel that's going in at 9th and Phillips in that historic building that's now a bank and offices, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But that's a huge hole in our hospitality industry in this community. Yeah, Terry Schmidt with CVB, you know, she says we need more hotels. They will never turn a, a hotel project down, you know. They, it, it was pointed we, out during the NCAA bidding process when we were trying to get that we didn't have the requisite number of full-service hotels. Full-service. Which was shocking to me Luxury hotels. That that new one going up at Elmwood Golf Course is a luxury hotel mm-hmm. that should meet those needs and make it easier for the sports authority to get tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they still, they say they still need more. So, because when you when you bring in these big events, these basketball teams, you know they need they all need a place to sleep. Yep, and they don't want to all be hanging out in the same hotel room. Well, they need kitchens. They need to be able to have full meals yep. provided at the hotel. You know, you can't get that at Super Eight. So you can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about that? Uh, you know, free breakfast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got to take a, a short break here and uh, deal with some business. Some federal business, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, We'll be right back with Joe Sneavy. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Four forty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Janitor Bob. And this is a real curveball for uh, Joe Sneavy from Argus Media Media. Jenner Bob and the Armchair Cowboys. People forget the Armchair Cowboys now. Yeah, I seem to forget that when I mentioned them, too. In the newsroom the other day, I was asking. We have a lot of music aficionados yeah. in the newsroom, and I was asking folks if they remember Janitor Bob, and nobody could, really, and, except for Zimmer. Yeah. I was at 
one of their final shows. It was supposed to be their final yeah. show at the Birdcage. Yeah. I was probably like 14 years old. Yeah. Was exposed <laughs> to things that I probably ought not have been. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> they were a good time, and they were pretty big there for a while. And uh, it's, uh, it, yeah, people have kind of forgotten, not totally forgotten about them, because, I mean, we're playing them, so there you go. Yeah. But good local band, Jenner Bob and the Armchair Cowboys, Martin Dill fronting that band. and The uh, guitar player... Pat McIntyre. Yeah, his uh, his cousin Ben Meyer was a guitar player in my high school band. You're kidding me. So there was some connection. I think that's how I got tickets to that show was through Ben. Uh-huh. So. Small world, Small isn't it? world. I know Pat. I know all those guys. Um, we're here with Joe Sneavy. And again, not talking about music, but we like to because it's fun and it's my show. Everybody likes music. <laughs> that's right. It's a big part of what we do here. Uh, but we're talking about uh, city politics and some other stuff that's going on in the city of Sioux Falls. Um, enough about parking, right? We're done with parking. Do you have anything more you want to say about parking? It's uh, the worst topic, and yet that's what we talk about all the time. Well, it's town. a $50 million project, yep. parking or not. Yep. Uh, the final vote is scheduled for December 5th. Uh, they will take public input should any residents or citizens have anything to say. Um so that's, I mean, we'll have some resolution on this then. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm presuming that this is going to pass six to two. Mm-hmm. I think Pat Starr and Teresa, he, Pat Starr voted yes last night because it's first reading. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes a lot of times. Uh, but I, my prediction is it's a six to vote of approval. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, and, and I honestly, I think it should pass. I, but that's me. I get to say that. Uh, I have a radio show. Um, I want to know more about how that $4 million is being spent, but I can understand why they need it. I, building there is going to be difficult. It always is in a downtown. It always is. It's not the airport. It's not uh, uh, Elmwood Golf Course. It's none of those things. It's in the middle of downtown Sioux Falls. So anyway, uh, I also want to ask you about public input because I noticed a tweet that you had last night that was curious okay. from the meeting. Involving Cub Scouts and public input. What, okay. What? Tell me what happened, because I don't really know. Well, I got to back up a little bit. I'm sure your listeners, if they're you know they're they're savvy, they're they civic are. minded. Uh, yes. Public input. You know, everybody gets five minutes. Anybody who wants to talk about anything, you could go up there and read the phone book. Uh, and right. some people almost do, <laughs> yes. but uh, they seem to get there's ebbs and flows, but they get really wild sometimes. Um, the last few weeks, we've had folks uh, like street people, f- people living on the streets, mm-hmm. coming in and talking about problems in the system. Mm-hmm. Is there enough support for homelessness, whatnot? Uh, and it seems to be the repeat, the same people over and over make yeah. the same spiels. And uh, in the last few weeks, we've had extra people repeating their their same testimony every week. Yeah. And uh, even, uh, one gentleman last night brought up Charles Manson and how. <laughs> Uh, he got a raw deal, and, you know, it's just very wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always Boy Scouts there taking in the civic experience, and they left about halfway through or towards the end of public input because mm-hmm. we're about quarter to eight. Uh, they get up and leave. The mayor got up and followed them out, and as he and I was sitting near the exit, mm-hmm. and I, I heard him. Uh, he put his hand on the shoulder of one of the Boy Scouts, and as they walked out, he said, uh, something along the lines of, sorry you had to sit through all that. Um, I I tweeted, you know, the mayor said sorry for the circus, circus. or whatever. And I said I was paraphrasing in my yeah. tweet. But it, it feels like a circus sometimes. You were so, calling it a circus, not him. Yes, okay. I was. So, And I, I saw uh, a post 
later that night saying that the Huther called it a circus. And I pointed out right away that, I, that mm-hmm. those are my words, not the mayor's. Um, but it is the sentiment nonetheless is the same from the mayor. He's not a fan of no. public input because it goes on and on and on. It does. And, uh, these guys just want to get on with their business and get home. For I the understand. Night. And there are times I want to do that too. Absolutely. Because when these guys leave and meeting adjourns, they get to go home. <laughs> yeah, I have to go write right. stories. So right. if anybody wants this thing to move along faster, it should be me. But it's a part of the process. Mm-hmm. I think over the history of city government, I think it's varied on how it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it used to be at the end of meetings. So people who wanted to speak their piece on whatever topic would have to sit through all the routine business to get their opportunity to speak at some point that was moved to the front of the meetings um, so now you know you've got your suits your your developers are in the room mm-hmm. and they have they get to sit and watch the these city officials just take their beatings they should every tuesday night i don't have any problem with it. i know it's long and i know it's a pain it's such a pain and I got to tell you, though, I like watching it on Channel 16. I will tune it in because it often is the most entertaining part of the of the proceeding. It certainly is entertaining, uh, depending on who you ask, frustrating or entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live tweet it just about every week. I know I've, I have followers who get on Twitter on Tuesday night just to see <laughs> who's going to show up. Um, we have some really colorful candidates, mayoral candidate David uh, Zakaitis. Yep. He has used public input to, um, you know, I don't know, talk about what he wants to talk about. And now that he's a candidate, uh, he kind of uses it to campaign a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but while, but he brings some levity to it, too. Yeah. And I always like to see him get up because, you know, you'll have three or four people getting up there and just being very vitriolic about what the city's doing and just very critis- critical mm-hmm. of what's happening in city government. And then David will get up there and he opens every dialogue with, Hello, I'm David Zakaitis. And it's <laughs> and he's always it's lighthearted and he ends every he always has a PowerPoint and he ends it with a pretty picture and he <laughs> says it's always good to remember that there's lots of beauty in the world. Aww. And it bring like it makes everybody just kind of chill out for a second and I appreciate it. I think some of the counselors do as well, if not for the fact that it's another five minutes. Yeah. You know. But yeah, it's just I know. It's a pain. Sit through it. It's part I, of the deal. There I, is no other place like that. There's no other venue like that where you have your redress of grievances. Right. You know? And I think they should do it. I, I don't I, I don't leave it just as it is. I don't think um public input's gonna ever go away. I think there's a chance it could be moved back to the back of the meetings. Yeah, then I, nobody'll go. I think that's why they moved it up to the front because nobody nobody was showed up. Sitting through it or whatever, yeah. Um but I feel like these folks who really like public input, mm-hmm. they use it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they need to tone it down, or they. I think they should be self-aware to, yeah. to know that if if you keep poking the bear, you know, you might cause them to really work hard to move public input. Yeah, and that wouldn't be good. So be, you know, you kind of have to get out of your own way. Yes, be reasonable. Be reasonable. Right. Be fair. The, to the mayor's credit, and I will say this: I'm not always uh, kind to him. But he does actually a pretty good job of talking to people when they're up there and moving them along, you know. Yeah, he he keeps a stopwatch. And yeah. When you get to your five minutes, he's he'll he cut, doesn't go he'll cut bang. You off. You're on. He. I mean, he's fairly he's congenial about. Try it. to be respectful yep. about it. Don't cut him off mid sentence, right. unless 
you know, if, if there's times when there's personal accusations being thrown up mm-hmm. there, and he'll cut that off. Yeah. You know, I think Bruce Danielson got cut off a couple weeks ago because he insinuated that uh, poor operations in the city planning office had mm-hmm. something to do with the building collapse. Yeah, uh, that he, was. So they cut him off then, and I can understand why. Um, it's it's uh you got to be careful. I mean, right. you do have to be careful about cutting people off and. Uh, but you're right. People need to be more self-aware sometimes. That's that's the problem. Yeah. Hey, uh, um, we're here with Joe Sneevy. He is a city hall reporter for Argus Leader Media. Actually, city hall, what is it called? It's like watchdog Metro reporter. Metro watchdog. Metro watchdog reporter. I want to use your proper title. Um, the arena, we touched on it just re- uh So they wanna, they're going to tear the dump down? Is that what's going to happen? Well, we don't know yet. They hired a, a consultant that looks at their, their all the work that they do is to look at old entertainment venues and figure out what to do with them mm-hmm. and analyze the market you know how who wants to come perform here where are we lacking uh, what do we already have here that we don't need so they're going to come back with recommendations on what to do with it it could be renovate it it could be tear it down and build something new i like uh, how um the one of the the <laughs> most entertaining things for me uh fairly recently is watching you respond to people who start talking about a parking ramp <laughs> yes, that's ridiculous. So take, go ahead and make your statement on the parking ramp at the arena. There is not going to be a parking ramp at the arena. <laughs> they, somebody wrote a letter to the editor and said, uh, like, we don't need to build a parking ramp out there. And I don't know where this idea came from or where this, you know, misinformation came from. Because mm-hmm. nowhere in my story um, did it say anything about a parking ramp. Mm-hmm. I have never heard the word parking ramp come out of the mayor's mouth in relations to the arena. Mm-hmm. or anybody in city government. Uh, so it was just totally out of left field. And I, f- I felt like if the public is whipping up opposition to doing anything with the arena based on the probability that there's going to be a parking ramp there, it's my duty to nip that in the bud. Well, it was a valiant effort to <laughs> beat down every Facebook comment that I ever saw. So good on you, Joe Sneevy. Uh, Joe Sneevy, he is the uh, Metro watchdog reporter for Argus Leader Media, and we always like having him in. Thanks for coming in for the whole hour, man. That was awesome. Hey, it was, it's, it's better than sitting in the newsroom. Oh, that's always true. <laughs> this is, uh, we'll, we'll have you back on real soon. I'll come All back. Right. All right. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. You keep putting out cash for the latest guest. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO, the sweet sounds of the clash. This is a radio clash, means it's the end of the show. Not only that, it's the end of the week. Tomorrow's the big holiday, everybody. No show tomorrow, no show Friday. Just go have fun, all right? Pray to lights tomorrow night. want to note that, uh, or Friday night, that uh, the honorary Grand Marshal is the man of vision, Mr. Steve Metley, who passed away earlier this year or late last year. Have fun out there, everybody. Don't talk about politics at the holiday. Enjoy yourselves. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Skip the big box stores this Black Friday weekend and get out to Oak Ridge Nursery for our annual holiday open house. Find unique gifts, pick the perfect holiday tree, and bring the kids along to visit with ho, ho, ho. 